listener production. Are we ready? I've been dying to hear you say these words ah! for two and a half months now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. <clears throat> ooh, ooh, I feel so nervous. <laughs> it's like I'm a virgin, <laughs> except this won't hurt. <laughs> okay, ready? <clears throat> Take it away, my dulcet-toned Adonis. <laughs> Hello, welcome back, everyone, especially Rosie, just Yay. the gist. Rosie's back. We'll skip all that intro stuff and get straight to hello, how Woo-hoo. are you? I'm good, I'm back, I'm excited. Yay. Yay. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling really, really good. And I just want to thank everyone for waiting very patiently for me. Um, it's a very humbling thing to have everyone be so lovely about mm. it when you get unwell and need to take some time off. And, I mean, you obviously held down the fort in the most brilliant way, you and Lindsay. By the way, you know what I really loved? Um, I didn't listen to any of the episodes until after they were all done because, you Mm. know me, I would have just backseat driven the whole time and Mm. that wouldn't have been good for either of us. (laughs) So (laughs) I waited until the end. So I've listened to all the episodes now, but I loved hearing Lindsay in them. Yeah. Yeah. She made a couple of little cameos. We had a lot of people curious to know who that mysterious third laughter was. Yeah, Yeah, that's our producer, Lindsay, who's amazing Mm. and brilliant and the best. And I think, Lindsay, I know you're there right now, we should keep your little laughs in. They're funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was so self-conscious of the episode. I think it might have been with Zara, which is the first one where I don't turn my mic off because mm. usually oh, yeah, I will yeah, yeah. turn my camera off if we're remote and turn my mic off if we're in studio. Um, but that week Jacob was like, oh, leave your mic on if you've got any questions or comments. But I didn't have any tr- questions or comments, but it was a... Like usually when I'm in the background of these recordings, yeah. I, it's good that my mic is off because I just mm. piss myself laughing. And well, so- But see, we're both so vain and that's what we feed off. So yeah, that's good. That's why I was like, I need extra audience members. Yeah. So if I could hear you, that would be really helpful for but me. I but really, then when I, I really liked hearing it. Yeah. When I saw all the comments on Instagram afterwards being like, can anyone else hear that voice in the background? I was like, oh no, what have I done? No, it was good. I really liked it. I, I think we should keep it. I think Agreed. we should keep it up as a part of it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if you ever have any questions, because often Jacob and I just get off in our own TV reference, something, 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 little mm. world, and we need someone to jump in and go, hey, excuse me, I'm actually wondering <laughs> about the story you were telling yeah. 20 minutes ago. And we're like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so anyway, I really liked hearing Lindsay. And Lindsay um, probably held down the fort as much as Jacob did while I was gone. So thank you to both of them very much. She truly is the third Gisna host. Mm -hmm. So we're very lucky to have you, Lindsay. Thank you so much. You were wonderful. You really were. Well, we're all very excited to have you back. I know it's a highlight of my week. (laughs) I know you and Jacob are both excited to have you back because it's just like less work for you guys now. (laughs) So... Here I am. Yay. Except yesterday when I made a lot more work for everyone. <laughs> okay. So do you guys want to know what happened? The sound might not be the best on this episode because um, mm. I'm recording from home because um, yesterday um, we were, I flew into Sydney so Jacob and I could record together because we were like the first step back. We've got to record together. We've got to be mm. in the room together. It's always funner when we're in the room together. I flew into Sydney and I went to stay at my mum's house for the night 
because she lives on that train line that connects right to the airport. So it's like mm. really easy to get to her house. And um, I woke up the next morning, the day we were meant to record with like chronic, it came back, conjunctivitis. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know there was a period of just the gist where this was my favourite topic to talk about because I had recurring conjunctivitis for like a year. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. And so I woke up with just the worst conjunctivitis and I, like my eyes were on fire. They were stuck together and I didn't know what to do. And I messaged, I was like, I don't think I can come into the studio to record, which is the whole reason I was in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay called me and she's like, can we get a mic, courier out to you? And I was like, <laughs> Lindsay, like my, I can't even open my eyes. <laughs> like, so I really don't think I can. And so then my mum went and got me drops and I just slept all day and then I flew home. Like I literally <laughs> was in Sydney for nothing, just to sleep at my mother's for a few hours. And so now we're recording this emergency recording Thursday afternoon from my study. Mm. And Jacob, you're in Gosford, aren't you? I am, yes. So we <laughs> did want to... We <laughs> we did want to be together, but um, unfortunately, my crusty, crusty eyes yes. had other thoughts. So sorry, everyone. This episode's coming out a couple of days later than we'd anticipated, but um, apparently Rosie can't stop fighting on her pillows and giving herself <laughs> pink eye again and again. Do you think that's what it is, seriously? Because <laughs> I do sit up in bed a lot. I think that's probably With my pillows right part. behind me. Yeah. Maybe, but it could also be because I just had the flu and apparently people are getting ongoing weird things from their flu. Yeah, everyone seems to be getting spin-offs of their diseases. Well, I do because well, I was in I was in hospital for five weeks and then I got out and I was like, the Phoenix has risen. Mm-hmm. And then like three days later I was knocked down with this epic flu. Actually, do you want to know when it was? Uh cover your kids' ears. This is a little um uh I don't know, PG, PG Mm. PG-13. Caleb and I uh, had a night in like this really nice hotel the first night we saw each other because he was in Sydney for work. So his work puts him up in this really nice hotel. And we like went to town because we hadn't really (laughs) seen each other in five weeks. And then I'm not kidding, I would say 20 minutes after we were done, my nose started leaking and my <laughs> eyes started leaking and I started coughing uncontrollably. It was almost like my body was like, I'm going to give you this one orgasm and then and then the flu is here. It's here. I could let it come now, but I'm going to give you this and then the flu will come. And so mm. literally I was still in bed. I hadn't even gone up and like wiped in the toilet yet. It was I was still sitting in it when the flu when the flu hit. So like it was I thank, you know, Oprah for giving me that one that one reprieve before mm-hmm. the flu truly set in because it was a bad bad flu <laughs> that I had for 2 weeks and then Caleb got it and because he's a man obviously his flu was 10 times worse than my flu. Yeah, having your genitals on the outside means the flu mm. is just worse. Facts. It's always worse. Science. Yes. But um, no, for real, I went to, um, for those who don't know, <laughs> I wonder what you think you've been listening to. <laughs> anyway, but um, I was in inpatient psychiatric care for five weeks. I went to a really brilliant place in Sydney called the Hills Clinic. Um, and I just, you know, I... I 
The two times I've gone, I've needed to go to hospital, I've needed a take two. So the first time mm. I went a few years ago, I went and then about two months later, I needed to go back. Mm. And then the same happened this time. Like, as you guys all know, I went late last year and it, I didn't find it super helpful. And so then I think it had just kind of been building since then because mm. I didn't really get the care I needed at that point. And so I needed to go back and really do it properly. So that's why I was gone for longer than usual. I was gone for five weeks. Mm. I was there for nearly six weeks, actually. I was there for five and a half weeks. Um, and, you know, you just get your sleep in order and your medications in order and you do a lot of therapy and I'm feeling a lot better. You know, it was just, I think it's been a big couple of years for me. It's been a lot of moving mm. after having spent 10 years living in one place. And as a kid, um, with a pretty traumatic childhood that involved moving once every couple of months, often mm. mo moving, not knowing when it, when it was coming, it, it, losing that sense of place and belonging to one place, I think has probably been more traumatic than I realised. Like mm -hmm. first moving to Adelaide and then moving to Melbourne, it's all just been quite a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to bore everyone with it all, but there's, I think it's just a build-up of different things that, leads to you ending up needing a bit of extra help and I'm lucky mm. that I can afford the health insurance that covers it. Mm. I would really highly recommend the Hills Clinic to anyone who lives in Sydney. It was a really great place, mm -hmm. um, really, really great place. I'm glad I flew up to Sydney to get help this time. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'm feeling lots better, but I'm like, you know, you can't be cocky about it. I'm like just easing back in, yep. I'm easing back into all my work, taking things slow. I mean, even if I hadn't had the flu, I think I still would have taken these few extra weeks to come back on mm. here. And I just want to thank everyone for being so lovely. I can't even tell you the amount of messages and mm. gifts and and it just the amount of people who would just drop in to say, please don't feel bad about being away. Mm. Like where like just take all the time you need. Like yep. so many people saying that. And I can't even tell you the shame and the um, disappointment in myself that came with needing to take time off again. And mm. so to have people say that was like really profoundly, um, uh, had a really profound effect on me in a positive mm. way. Yeah. Um, it was really helpful. Yeah, there's been um, even more than you've seen. There has just been such a huge yeah, flood of support from the Gistners. Well, because I haven't been across the Just the Gist account. I've only been mm. across my own. So I'm sure there's so much more I haven't seen. And I also need to obviously thank all the co-hosts who stepped in. They were fantastic. Um, which, like I said, I didn't listen to as as it was happening because I was like, I'm just going to call Jacob with a thousand notes and I'm meant to be focusing on my brain right now. <laughs> um, but they were all just so good and they all got into the spirit of the show so much. I did have a couple of favourites. Yeah. Um, I My favourites were Simon from Gogglebox mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I really liked Abby. Yeah. Um, and what confused me about Abby, what though, was that she said she was really offended that she hadn't been asked and she was top of our list. Yeah, but um, I did explain to her, we waited till she finished her tour before we asked her. Well, no, her people, her pe her people waited. Mm. Like, I think she's so famous now that she has people not telling her things. Yeah. Because the first thing we said was, oh, Abby. Abby, mm. let's get Abby for the whole six weeks. But mm. then we were like, no, maybe we'll just get her once because she's yeah. really famous. But um, 
Even yeah. once we got her booked in, I messaged her to be like, hey, these are the stories I'm thinking of doing. And she's like, wait, when? What? Huh? Oh, gosh, <laughs> she doesn't even know. <laughs> she's so important now. How cool is that? That I literally know. we were like talking about her two years ago on the, and now she's like this big juggernaut. Oh, oh I yeah. couldn't be happier. I could yeah. not be happier. She deserves it. Um, she earned it. She earned it. She really earned it. So those were my two favourites. And then also, obviously, Caleb was um, very funny. <laughs> Caleb was my favourite one. Yeah, that Caleb was a lot of people's favourites. I had a lot of people writing Mm. to me about him. But everyone was fantastic. Sean, Mm. Jan, the widow Stanley was so unbelievably nervous, but she pushed through. Um, And my mother has been so jealous. (laughs) Oh, so unbelievably jealous that the widow Stanley got to do it and she didn't. I can't even tell you. Oh, well, Lisa would have been next on the list if you hadn't come back this week. She'll probably blame me for that. Oh, God, don't say that. (laughs) I'll get a drunken phone call abusing me for coming back a week early so she couldn't do her episode. Ruined her chance of stepping into the spotlight again. Yeah. Um, that's everyone, isn't it? The Widow Stanley and then... Uh, Linda and Stuart. Yeah, Linda, Linda. Stuart, Simon, Abby. Yeah, everyone, everyone was just so good. Mm-hmm. Everyone was so good. So I can't thank all of them enough and everyone enough and <sighs> that's enough. Mushiness and you two enough and that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> we could we could do it all day. So should we... Um, This is going to be a breaking news bonanza because it's been a long time. So I've collected a lot... Of breaking news. Yes. So this is a breaking news bonanza app and then we'll have another app. I don't know when. Lindsay, you're in charge of the schedule. <laughs> I'm like Abby. <laughs> I don't know when's what. I just, I turn up and do what I'm told. Oh, hold on. I'm wearing a wig to make Jacob laugh and it's falling off. <laughs> I might just take it off. She chose to put on a pink wig to really bring out the pink eyes, which was a strong choice. (laughs) Yes, I do have pink eyes at the moment. (laughs) And a very coarse voice because I got an endoscopy, no, not an endoscopy, a gastroscopy the other day. Oh, Mm. look, it's back to classic just the gist, me talking about all my health issues. (laughs) It's like you were never gone. (laughs) It's like I was never gone. No, I got a gastroscopy (gasps) where they um, put you to sleep and stick the camera down your thing because they were just Mm. looking for some stuff. So my throat is still quite um, coarse. But anyway, (sighs) are you ready? (laughs) I am so excited because I have barely seen any news. So I feel like I'm so totally out of the loop. For the last 10, 11 weeks, I've just been focusing on research, research, research. So I feel like you're really, truly going to be catching me up on a lot of stuff I've missed. Oh, I can tell you right now, I'm not at all. This is not going to be helpful (laughs) news-wise in any way, shape or form. So, and this is also, look, because we were on tour, this is a lot of stuff I was collecting while we were on tour as well that didn't really work for on stage. So this Mm. is a long, long list of random weird shit. Are you ready? Let me get a beer. Okay. I love how he lets me build up right to where I'm going to (gasps) go. And then he goes, (laughs) are you ready? Are you back? (laughs) Are we ready? It's the random weird shit that I've been looking forward to. That's what I've been missing. I obviously was not expecting to really be caught up on current affairs. Yeah, like there's a a war in Ukraine, I've heard. I don't know if that happened before I left or since and there's, oh, God, abortion things. Oh, there's a whole lot. But this is fun. Our breaking news is fun news. 
questions. I was just in the nut house, so I'm allowed to keep it fun. Okay, ready? Breaking news, breaking news. I got the scoop. I see extra, extra. Read all about it. Breaking news. It's coming down the wire. I never thought I'd miss that. Did you really, though? Turns out I did. Oh, feel all okay, warm and so tingly inside hearing it. I've got a different strategy that I'm going to do today. So mm-hmm. I have a notes app in my phone, which is where I put all my like breaking news ideas as I see them because I'll just mm-hmm. see random things in the world and quickly go and write them down. But because I quickly go and write them down, it often doesn't make sense. It's almost <laughs> the equivalent of waking up in the middle of the night and writing something down and yeah. then in the morning being like, what? Trying to decide it, yeah. And so what I thought I would do today is starting from the bottom, which is the furthest away one, and working my way up to the most recent one that was yesterday, I'm just going to walk through this list and we'll see if we can decipher... What the F, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the breaking news was. (laughs) So let's do that. (laughs) I kind of feel like you're the host of a game show and Lindsay and I are the contestants now. I know. (laughs) See who can make the best guess. Okay, ready? Ready for Mm -hmm. this? The first one, completely, uh, I could not tell you. I had to actually go and find something because I was like, I don't know what this is. Okay, Mm -hmm. see if you can decipher this. Trex Stego. Trex Stego. Stego. Something to do with dinosaurs. T Rex yes. Stegosaurus. <gasps> yes. I know this. Yes. I know this. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so the iPhone is uh-huh. as close in time to the Tyrannosaurus Rex, which is like mm-hmm. 65 to 127 million years. That same amount of time is between the Tyrannosaurus Rex and when the Stegosaurus was you on the planet. You are so impressively close. Mm. The only thing you got wrong is the iPhone is actually closer in time to the Stegosaurus, oh. <laughs> to the t- Tyrannosaurus, than the Tyrannosaurus is to the Stegosaurus. Mm-hmm. So the Stegosaurus is further away in time to the T-Rex than the iPhone is, meaning us. Isn't that wild? We are closer to the T-Rex. And you imagine them all together. Thanks to Jurassic Park. In any picture you ever see of dinosaurs, you see stegosauruses and T-Rexes together and Mm. brontosauruses and triceratops. They're the four main ones that we all think of. Mm. And they were all separated by hundreds of millions of years. Trex Stego. That's mm. literally what I have to decipher when I go to figure out what I'm doing. That's why whenever I'm like, oh, shit, breaking news, and then I go and look in my phone and I'm like, none of this makes sense. <laughs> okay, here's one. Brain scan reveals last thought before death. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Now, I tried to remember, but I had to go and look. So often I'll, I also have a... Um, a breaking news screenshots thing where I put all my screenshots mm-hmm. for breaking news. Okay, listen to this. A landmark study involving a dying person's brain activity could provide an explanation for reports of people vividly recalling their lives in near-death experiences. And so huh. what happened was this 
these neuroscientists were studying people with epilepsy mm-hmm. and they had them in the EEG machine, like the brain scan machine. Mm-hmm. And there was this 87-year-old guy in the machine and while he was having a seizure in the machine, because they wanted them to have seizures in the machine so they could take photos of the brain, mm-hmm. while he was having a seizure, he died. Oh. And so they got photos of his brain at the exact moment of death oh. and in the exact moments leading up to death. Oh. They got 900 seconds of his brain activity as he was dying and then died. Uh-huh. And did you know what happened specifically in the 30 seconds before and after the heart stopped beating was there was an increase in brain waves known as gamma oscillations that typically occur during dreaming and memory retrieval as well as others such as delta, theta, alpha and beta oscillations. Citing an example, researchers said gamma oscillations are linked to high cognitive functions like concentrating, dreaming, meditation, memory retrieval and linked to things like memory flashbacks. So they're saying it kind of does prove that when you die, your your life flashes before your eyes. Wow. I know. Uh-huh. I thought you were going to actually tell us that somehow, I don't know if you would remember this, but were you into the X-Files as a kid? Oh, uh, yeah, like a bit, but I wouldn't remember specific episodes. There was an episode where they were using as evidence that last thing someone saw was like yeah. imprinted on their On retina. their retina. Yeah. Oh, that I was in an episode like of... um. Version. Did you ever watch Fringe? That was in an episode of Fringe mm-hmm. where they solved a murder by getting the last image off a person's retina. Which I always assumed was fictional, but maybe it's real. Well, I think it is. I think it's like one of those things that we'll be able to do one day, but like not right now. Uh You know what I mean? Okay, next. I wrote sex blanket in pics. (laughs) Usually when I write in pics, I mean I've taken a screenshot of it. Uh Uh-huh. So this one is, there's a sex blanket you can buy now and it feels like a blanket, like it's soft like a blanket. So mm. it's not like a plastic sheet and you can like get all the liquids you like on it oh. and it doesn't get all sticky and gross and you can just chuck it in the washing machine and it all comes off cleanly. <laughs> and apparently they're selling like hotcakes. They're officially called squirt blankets. <laughs> I wouldn't really call it a sex, like there's probably a lot of mothers of teenage boys out there who are like, mm. yes, please, I'll take 10 because mm. they're, isn't it true that like their blankets end up being able to be like snapped in half because they're that covered in jizz? <laughs> I mean, you were a teenage boy. Yeah, mm. they get crusty. <laughs> so let's ask the widow Stanley if she could have bought that for you at the time, if she would have. Let's find out. <laughs> Oh, I I had better strategies to deal with my secretions growing up. Secretions? Um, Ew! (laughs) That sounds involuntary. (laughs) Why would you say secretions? Better than discharge. Or nocturnal emissions? Emissions, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, wow. So maybe we could get this splash mat company to... um, Sponsor, sponsor us. us. <laughs> Squirt blankets, yeah. Um, oh, next on my list was Sherry Papini, but then I guess I just did a whole episode on that. Mm. Um, ooh, Any updates ooh. on her? 
Um, no. Not yet. She just is a crazy lady whose husband divorced her. Mm-hmm. So that's the update. I'll I'll have a look, but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, next on my list is Twin Flames. The podcast oh, that we listen to. Yes. Yes. All the way from Newcastle to Wollongong, we listen to that. It's um, like this. I don't know if you would call it a cult. Oh, it kind of is a cult where they say that there is one twin flame on this earth meant for every other twin flame. So essentially like a soulmate, right? And if you have a twin flame, you can't choose who your twin flame is. It's just like randomly, generally they'll select it for you. Or if mm. you go to them and tell them you're hopelessly in love with someone, they'll say, yep, that's your twin flame. It doesn't matter if that person is married. It doesn't matter if that person isn't interested in you. It doesn't matter if that person has a family with children and is happy. They teach you that you need to do any strategy possible to mm. get your twin flame to be with you because they are meant to be with you. So they encourage stalking. They encourage attempted breaking up of relationships. Mm-hmm. They encourage bombarding this person with whatever because it's basically like they are not living the life, the brilliant life they are meant to be living until they are with you because you are their twin flame. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like this group where all these crazy desperate people who have unrequited love for someone in their mm-hmm. lives go to this group and rather than the group saying, mm, I think you've fallen in love with someone who's never going to love you back and you need to move on, the group says, no, go and get that person by any means necessary. Mm. And they interview this girl who was convinced that this guy was her twin flame for years Mm. and he ended up taking like the equivalent of like an AVO out on her and she's a very sane, normal, smart person Mm -hmm. who just got tied up in this group who were convincing her of not so things. Mm -hmm. It is mind-blowing when you listen to the podcast. One of the things that really stuck out to me was they told one woman that her twin flame was another woman, even though neither of those women were lesbians. They had lived their life completely as straight women um, and they didn't feel any sexual attraction to each other, but they felt like they just had to follow the rules of this cult they were in and it had been dictated that these two women were to be together. Because if the leaders say, we've chosen that person as your twin flame, you don't get to deny it. Mm. It's like, you've got to go listen to it. It's a podcast called Twin Flames. And Mm. we listen to it on the way to possibly almost doing our skydive that then never happened because of rain. So (laughs) (laughs) we were both on edge, but um, it's really good. Yeah. We are still determined to do that skydive, by the way. We are. No, we're going to do it. As soon as Mm. the weather's fine and we're in Wollongong, we're doing it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay, next on my list is, oh, this one's pretty straightforward. Aussie bees keep getting drunk on nectar. (laughs) So apparently, like, bees can drink so much nectar that it makes them drunk. Uh And it is particularly prevalent in Australian bees that they just keep going back and getting drunker and drunker and drunker. (laughs) Oh, speaking of which, I heard this in um, Amos Gill's show the other day, so you might have heard it too, Mm -hmm. that fish are getting high on meth. Meth in the because water Because of the supply. sewers. <laughs> so Australia, like people in capital <laughs> cities are taking so much meth that traces of it are coming out in their shit and their piss mm. and fish are waiting at the sewer where the sewer pumps into the ocean. They're so addicted, they're waiting there 
to get meth out of the stuff. So there's all these fish on meth in the ocean because <laughs> fish are now addicted to meth. <gasps> Our flat-headed meth heads. Yeah. Yes, and they actually wait at the sewer doors, like, for the shit to come out in case there's meth in it. That's how addicted they are. <laughs> and you should see them, Lindsay. Gaunt, half their teeth oh. have fallen out, <laughs> But scabby. no, Amos, Amos Gill had the funniest joke in his show about it and it, I, I was the only person in the audience who laughed, not because I think it was a low blow but because I think it was, like, a bit too clever and everyone was a bit confused by it, Mm. except me. (laughs) But um, he goes, he goes, yeah, there's a lot of meth head uh, fish in the water now um, and all their wives are battered. (laughs) <laughs> I forgot that. Isn't that really clever? I'm sorry. Batted as in battered fish. Oh, bravo, Amos. Oh, bravo. bravo, Amos. Amos Gill, you've got to go see your show. It's really funny. Mm. Um, yeah, that just reminded me of that. Oh, oh, okay. So this is exactly what this says in my thing. Candace Bushnell salary screenshots. So Candace Bushnell has talked about what she was making back when she was essentially Carrie Bradshaw, like because mm-hmm. she is the person that Carrie Bradshaw is um, based on. Mm-hmm. So let me just go to my screenshot folder. Um, she says, I worked for Vogue. So this is around the time she was just doing her columns and stuff. Yeah, I worked for, and I think it was the, late 80s, early 90s. I worked for Vogue writing the people are talking about column and got paid $5,000 a month for one column a month. (laughs) The Observer paid less. The Observer is what she did a column a week for. That was her Sex in the City column. Mm. The Observer paid less, but I could afford that because of Vogue. So she's getting five grand a month for one column at Vogue and Mm. then slightly less than that for one column a week from the Observer. So we're saying she's sitting pretty comfortably on about nine grand a month Mm. to write five pieces. And that's not including all the extra stuff she did. Mm. And then she said, I mean, this this was a time that writers were getting a Vanity Fair contract for six pieces for $250,000 a year. It was a very different time. No kidding. Yeah, no shit. Wow. <laughs> I worked in Mamma Mia and let me tell you, <laughs> lol. Yeah. <laughs> um, times change once the internet came along. Um I guess that kind of solves the mystery as to how the Carrie Bradshaw character could afford all those <gasps> shoes. Well, sort of. But not really. I mean, let's say five grand for her Vogue column and then four grand for her Observer column if she says it was a little less. And then Mm. let's just conservatively throw on another five grand for other bits and pieces she was writing because she was Mm. a high-profile person. So that's like 14 to 15 grand a month. Mm. I mean, one pair of those, oh, I mean, maybe. Plus in the 90s. Plus in the 90s, I guess. Yeah, actually it does. Mm. It does explain how she could afford it. Maybe not the whole wardrobe, but some of it. Yeah. At least a few of those pairs of shoes a month she could afford. Well, they were what, like 400 bucks a pop? So, yeah, 400 bucks yeah. a pop. But then also there was not a single thing in her wardrobe that like, she, you know, it was all like, oh, Carrie wears vintage. But yeah, she goes vintage shopping at like a shop that sells only vintage Chanel. Like, mm. and she also wore current like runway label stuff. Mm. 
So I think it explains it a little, but not a lot. Not we shouldn't be it. trying to apply logic to that show anyway. We really should. <laughs> shouldn't. But I just can't believe how much Candace Bushnell used to make. Like, oh my God. That is a lot. A lot of money. Good for her. Chinese researchers have robot wombs. Oh, oh, I remember this. So, I mean, I remember this off the top of my head, so don't quote me, but (laughs) Chinese researchers have figured out how to grow animal fetuses in... um, artificial wombs. Oh. So soon, if the logic follows, they'll be able to start growing human fetuses in artificial wombs. Do you know what animals are growing? I think it was a lamb. I think from memory it was a lamb. Are they making it out of, like, flesh? It kind of looks like the Matrix. You know in The Matrix how uh-huh. the people are in those egg things? Remember when Lady Gaga arrived on the red carpet in that egg? It kind of looks like that. Of course. Iconic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Okay, so they're just making, what, women replaceable? I guess. I mean, yeah. What is the purpose? I don't like what we're doing on this planet. I really don't. This is what my broken news list is like. It just has here, Chinese researchers have robot wombs. And then I just have to sit with that and not really know where I saw it or what it's about. And I have a vague memory. I just told Lindsay it was a lamb. I could have completely made that up. Who knows? Okay. Oh, listen to this. Dog Juliana diffused bomb by peeing on it. I do also vaguely remember this one. So this one was that there was a bomb dog, like Mm. a sniffer dog, and they needed to know if it was a real bomb or not. And so this brave dog, Juliana, this sniffer bomb dog, Mm. went in and she was trained to pee on it and she pissed on it to see if it was real or whatever, and it was, and the pissing on it kind of broke it and turned it off. And so then they let her retire. Well... Yeah. Because that was pretty brave. Her peaked. Yeah. 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 Although she's demonstrated her value, you might you might want to oh, yeah. tap into oh, wow. that reliability and effectiveness. You're ice cold, aren't you? Mm. Oh, wowzers. And you're a vegan. Wow, that's hypocritical. <laughs> um, okay, next. Oh, the Chowchilla bus dude um, was approved for his parole. A lot of people Ugh. messaged us about that. Remember yeah. that episode we did on the mm. bus kidnapping of all the kids? Absolutely. Yeah. That guy um, was a piece oh, of work. Piece of work. Next, Rhiannon genius hacking of phone scammers. You know <gasps> about this. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> so my sister Rhiannon does this brilliant thing <laughs> when scammers call. It is so funny. So she was with me like a few months ago um, and a scammer called and she kept talking to them and I was mm. look and we were together alone and I was looking at her like, why are you talking to them? Like, I'm here. Like, stop being so rude. And she was like, oh, hey, oh, really? There's something wrong with my internet? Oh, no. What should I do? And like, we weren't even at home. We were out. And mm. the, she's going, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to my internet box right now. Oh, yep, okay, I'm having a look. Oh, okay, and what, I have to put a password in my computer. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm typing that in right now. (laughs) She's keeping them on the phone. This guy's thinking he's hooked someone in. He's so Mm. excited. She literally kept him on the phone for like 15 minutes. (laughs) 
and he's obviously getting really frustrated because <laughs> she's saying she's typing in the password, but then he's not getting any, like, whatever. <laughs> and then at the end of the call, she goes, oh, so I'm not going to get in trouble for this, am I? And he's mm. like, no, it's just an upgrade of your internet. And she's like, oh, just because um, I just need to let you know that my computer is being surveilled <laughs> by Australian federal police. <laughs> And he goes, what? And she goes, yeah, just I was in a little bit of trouble and for two years of my of my parole, um, the Australian Federal Police have to monitor my computer so they monitor everything that happens on it. And mm. I, like, just put in your password and stuff. So, like, I just have to make sure before, like, we go ahead with anything because the police would be able to see everything I'm doing, that this isn't dodgy. And then she just hears, beep, beep, <laughs> beep, <laughs> It's the best thing ever. We were laughing and laughing. I was like, where did you learn that? She's like, oh, I don't know. My friend told me. Like, honestly, it is the funniest thing in the world wasting their time. <laughs> I've got to witness this one day. I never would have thought that Rhiannon was the type of person to prank like that. Oh, my God, she is so good at it. Well, you've got to remember that Rhiannon is the person who I get to make all my phone calls still. So she's Mm. very good on the phone and she sounds Mm. exactly like me. She's very good on the phone. So I think that, like, she just doesn't give an F and just thinks it's really funny to (laughs) mess with them. Oh, my God. And she had him on speaker and the panic in his voice (laughs) when she mentioned the Australian Federal Police. It was so funny. Um, Oh, okay. A bot wrote a Friends episode after feeding 1,000, not 1,000, it must be 100 episodes of Friends into the bot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. And then it says screenshots. So let me go to my screenshots. I'm sure I've got it here. Oh, okay. Here we go. Friends is written by a bot. (laughs) You laughing already? Anytime you shared anything with me that's been written Uh, by a bot, bot. (laughs) okay, okay, hold on. Friends, (laughs) interior. Okay, so it's written out like a script, right? Uh Uh Friends, interior, central pork. (laughs) 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 The friends sit. Coffee makes them exist. (laughs) (laughs) They are dressed like 1997. It is 1999. Those numbers are different. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Friend Ross, I made sex with a dinosaur. What can I do? (laughs) How are we ever going to get through this? I made sex with a dinosaur. What can I do? It's my student. And then it says, and then it says, friend monocle. (laughs) Brother friend Ross, you have upset us. It is wrong to teach. Friend Joey eats a magazine that Phoebe was dating. Friend Phoebe, now I'm single. I was double. Friend Chandelier, single double? You are baseball? I highly doubt it. I am Chandelier. (laughs) The laughs are issued out. Friend Rachel is a haircut. (laughs) Okay, wait, next. Next page. 
<laughs> Friend Joey, I am auditioning to be Urkel's car. Friend Joey stands and acts like a crab. Friend Joey thinks crab equal car since he is the friend that hates his brain. <laughs> friend Chandelier, in catchphrase language, could that be any more? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> the laughs are issued out more than before due to inflation. Friend Ross, oh, no, my student found me. Help. A dinosaur enters the shop. This happened much in 1999. <laughs> Friend Joey, me, the car machine, will help. Friend Joey walks up to the dinosaur, pretends it is a people magazine and eats it like a people magazine. No laughs are issued out. Friend Chandelier, you are a fool. We must now all go to the fountain to die. The theme song plays. <laughs> And so the end to me was a little sus. <gasps> uh-huh. And I did some digging and yeah. it's a hoax. Oh. Someone wrote it. Oh. Wouldn't it have been good if it was a bot? <sighs> Dang. I think Either someone way, that's just... the most I've ever laughed at a friend's episode. <laughs> 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 oh. ah, yes, true, true, true. Oh, dear. Jeez, oh. it's funny, like, figuring out little snippets of what really, like, gets you off. And I had no idea sex with a dinosaur was <laughs> equal to segue for you. That was like... Losing it at Segway proportions. (laughs) I've never seen anything like it. Well, instantly what flashed into my mind, there are these erotic novels and cartoons where um, humans and I wrote about that back when I worked at Mamma Mia because that's the kind of quality (laughs) stuff I wrote about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously (laughs) the inspiration for Theodore Rex down the line. Yes, of course, Mm. of course. Okay, next up on the list, um, STD attached to job cover letter. So I remember this. Someone <laughs> sent in their resume and job cover le- and cover letter for a job and mm. accidentally attached the STD result letter that <gasps> they'd been sent from their local medical centre oh, <laughs> to no. the thing. I know. How mortifying. And have they tested positive or negative? I don't know. But, this uh, is just my list on okay, my phone. Okay, okay. I don't know. Because <laughs> it's kind of funnier if they were declaring, like, I'm clean. I know. Just so like, you know. <laughs> that is funny. Here's my cover letter, my res, and I don't have chlamydia. See you Monday. <laughs> um, oh, I've got here that uh, cash me outside 42 million. I think I'm obviously referring to cash me outside. How about that is now worth $42 million. Thanks to OnlyFans. Yep. Oh, here's one I wrote quickly. I dot full stop. Trust <laughs> the new Qantas flight to London plus scoot plane. Uh? So I think what I'm trying to say is <laughs> I don't trust the new Qantas flight that goes all the way nonstop to London because oh. I just think that's an accident waiting to happen. I think if you can stop and refuel somewhere, do. Mm-hmm. which is what we currently do, but they've announced this new non-stop flight to London from Australia, which they've never done before. Oh, no. And I know. It's too long. It's too long. I don't trust it. And everyone says, well, Qantas is the most trustworthy in the world. And it's like, yeah, which means they're due. They're due for one. A crash. 
Um, and the new plane called Scoot, there's a new airline called Scoot and it says Scoot on the tail of the plane and I just could never get on a plane that says Scoot on it. Yeah. I just could I just couldn't. I don't care if it, the seats are $30. I just would not. Like if you were on a plane that crashed and it was a Scoot, it was Scoot Airlines, I'd be like, "Sorry, but you were asking you kinda, for it. You were asking for it. Yeah. You're on Scoot Airlines." I wouldn't fly on Tiger Airlines because you can also get Tiger Beer. Like there's <laughs> a certain set of principles when it comes to branding and creating a sense mm. of trust. That's so true. Um Oh, Elizabeth Moss Scientology. This is one mm. that upsets people when they find out that Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss is a Scientologist. Well, and I think I probably tale, wrote... Yeah? yeah, from The Handmaid's Tale and from Mad Men. I think I probably wrote that down because she recently did an interview where she talked about it and uh-huh. she very rarely talks about it. And um, she's been a Scientologist from birth. Mm. Um, so she was born into it and she's now a rich, famous person and, you know, Scientology quite famously treats their rich and famous people very, very well mm-hmm. and nobody else. So I think she thinks Scientology is a great religion because she's never seen the dark side of it like other people have. Of course not. I didn't realise she was raised in it like Leah Remini was. Yeah, yeah, same. They were both mm. raised in it. And I think uh, Elizabeth so Moss... As parents are like really high up in it, uh-huh. from what I understand. So she was always like considered quite important in it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she became famous, which they love. So mm. weird. Um, my next one I've got here is Grey's Anatomy Lady Making Shit Up. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I think you said you were going to do a whole episode on this one. I was. I'm not sure if it's really a whole episode, Mm. but basically this massive article came out, I think it was in Vanity Fair, where um, a whole lot of Grey's Anatomy storylines, and I've been in TV writers' rooms, you do this, you sit around for days and just tell each other stories Mm. and then from your own lives that you've heard, whatever, and then from all of that you develop a story that then ends up on television. Mm. And um, so obviously they do that in the Grey's Anatomy writers' room and apparently so many of the storylines that ended up on Grey's Anatomy were from this one particular woman's life Mm -hmm. and she got her job on the show and she kept getting promoted in the writers' room because she was so willing to like share of herself Mm. and tell all these really personal stories. Like she had one kind of cancer and then she had another kind of cancer and then she had this cancer and then she was infertile, but then magically she wasn't and she had a baby. But then while she was pregnant, this happened to the Mm. baby and then that happened. And all of this ended up stories on Grey's Anatomy. And then they found out recently that none of it ever happened to her and she Mm. just made it all up. And she's like a weirdo. And so now there's like this question of, well, does it matter if she made it up, if it just made really entertaining television? And if it just made really entertaining television, why didn't she just pitch the stories as stories? Mm. And is the Grey's Anatomy writer's room so into milking their staff's trauma, like another place I've worked that Mm. I won't mention, um, Would those stories have even been taken seriously if she hadn't said they'd actually happened to her? Yeah, right. Lots of interesting Uh, questions there. Maybe leaning a bit too heavily on personal experiences. Um, Would that be Munchausen? Because you know how Munchausen by proxy is when you make someone else sick? Yeah. Munchausen. But that's where you make yourself sick. sick. 
No, but you have to actually make yourself sick when okay. you have Munchausen's. This is just catfishing people, kind uh-huh. of, about your illnesses and stuff. But also, if they do have a culture there of, like, tell us your deepest, darkest secrets and we'll turn them into stories on the show, maybe they wouldn't have ended up stories on the show if she hadn't have pitched them as real-life stories that had actually happened to her. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. who knows? But I'll keep you posted because apparently she got fired, but it's like, but it sounds like she was writing really good stories. Yeah. <laughs> so why why she, get fired? Was she accepting charity from people? No, or? I don't think so. Uh-huh. Well, look, I'll keep you posted. I think there's more to that story. Um, Oh, next I've just written theme park accidents. No context. (laughs) I must have just seen a really bad one on TV. Mm. I don't know. Um, And next I wrote Dr. Carl, Daddy Longlegs. Uh Uh-huh. Which I think was something that I saw Dr. Carl, you know, Kuzulniki. Is that how you say his name? Not the neighbours one. The not the neighbours one. The actual yep, doctor. The there's a fa- there's a famous scientist in Australia called Dr. Carl who gives you like f- like interesting tips on science things, and he debunked the myth that the daddy long legs is actually the most poisonous spider in the world. They're just not big enough to bite you. Did your mm-hmm. parents ever tell you that? Yeah, grew up believing that. Yep. Yeah, me too. So he debunked it. It's not true. Mm-hmm. People actually have been bitten by daddy long legs, and you basically get like a mosquito bite. Mm. Yeah. Unless you're allergic, in which case you can have like an anaphylactic reaction. But that's well, a that's very true small of anything. Portion. That's true of anything yeah. anyone's allergic to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, this one makes me sad. I told you this. Selena and Drew weren't even Britney's friends. They just came to Britney's wedding. Yeah. Which is really oh, sweet. It's really sweet that they went. Yeah. Because she had talked in posts about how she had met them both once at parties and really liked them and thought they seemed really cool. And then when Britney got married, she posted this photo with, like, her girl gang Mm. and I don't think she knew half the people in it. I think they all just came to support her on her day so she would have ladies with her Yeah, on her Um, wedding day. Which says so much about the life she was forced to live that she didn't have the opportunity to maintain or build friendships for all I know. those years. It's really heartbreaking, but so lovely that they went. I know. Isn't that nice? Mm. And it looked like they all had a really great time. Look, Most importantly, it looked like she had a really great time. But those photos that she posted with all those women, like it was like Madonna, Drew Barrymore, Selena Gomez. Um, Paris Hilton. What's her name? Paris Hilton. Um, Versace. What's her Donatella. name? Donatella. Donatella. It just looked like a really lovely, supportive group of bridesmaids or just, like, girl gang. Mm-hmm. And so who cares if she didn't really know them? Like, it, they were there for her on the day and I think that was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, next up. Muhammad, my son, in Ree's phone. Who's that? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone else will find this as funny as me. But, um... Muhammad finally got his own phone. Oh. And because my sister lives in a an area filled, she lives in southwest Sydney and she is in a big 
Muslim Lebanese family, mm. every second guy is called Muhammad. And one day Muhammad was calling her and it came up as Muhammad, my son. And I was like, lol, what do you need? Reminding? And she was like, actually, yes. I don't know which Muhammad it is unless I put Muhammad, my son. <laughs> so much. I'd love to know how many Muhammads she has in her phone and what there the other signifiers so are to remind I know. her who's who. I was thinking what's the equivalent for us in five years it'll probably be like Oliver. Oliver, my son. Oliver, third best friend at school. Mm. Oliver, teacher. Oliver, yeah. this. They're all Olivers now, aren't they? Oh, if we'd had phones back in the day, they all would have been Benjamins and Jessicas. Benjamins and Jessicas. That's mm. exactly right. Um, okay. Next. Oh, cock ad for toilets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, that sounds right up your alley. Oh, <laughs> no I, I know the one you're talking about. It's Do the, you know? Yeah, the guy, the flushing. Yes. Okay. So this drove me crazy <laughs> last night trying to figure out what this meant because I didn't put screenshots. So obviously I didn't have a screenshot. I thought, oh, cock ad for toilets. I'll remember that. I was like really huh, cocky about it. I had to call Caleb last night from my mum's house and ask him because he was the one who told me. So I went and looked it up last night and I did find a screenshot. There was a series of ads on bus stops released around Sydney by Sydney Water, the Mm. company that manages all of Sydney Water. And it was to discourage people from putting wet wipes down the toilet. And it had Uh a guy standing there. I think it's the guy from Kenny. What's his Mm -hmm. name? Shane Jacobson. Mm Yeah. And he's standing there holding wet wipes over the toilet. And the ad says, wet wipes in the toilet? Are you sucking my cock? (laughs) 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 And, okay, so... me like a couple months ago and he's like lol people are because people were really angry about it this Uh ad like people Uh were really offended and Caleb sent a picture of it to me and he said how dumb are people for being offended and I wrote back to him about five minutes later and I was like I gotta tell you Caleb like I don't I don't understand I kind of think that's offensive too like how can they just write are you sucking my cock I don't understand what that means apparently the cock is the thing in the toilet that controls how much water goes down when you flush. Oh. So if you oh. put too many wet wipes in the toilet, mm. it like sucks all the power out of the cock and the toilet gets clogged. clogged. <laughs> so the people at that Sydney Water. So I know. The people at Sydney Water thought this was so clever. And let me show you the at. Wait, can you... S- it's too bright where I am. Hold Not on. Not at all. Send it to me. There, see. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Look at that. Wow. Like nobody along the advertising process said, I don't think that many people except old farts <laughs> like Caleb are going to understand that there is a thing in the toilet that is colloquially referred to as the cock. Yeah. 
That is really <laughs> inside baseball. It's really inside baseball. So they had to take those ads down quick smart. They got in big trouble for those. <laughs> Which would have got a whole lot of attention for the campaign, I'm sure. I'm I mean, sure I it did. I missed it, but yeah, so, you know, if they're looking well, to spread awareness, I mean, they, they managed it. The attention they got from me was having cock ad for toilets written in my phone for three months. So there you go. Oh, the next one, speaking of Caleb, is I wrote here, Caleb not getting what dumb syndrome is and pretending he does and you missing it. You missed it. So in the episode you did with Caleb, you mentioned, what's the syndrome called again? (laughs) Dunning-Kruger. You mentioned Dunning-Kruger syndrome, which is the syndrome where a person pretends to be way more knowledgeable about a thing than what they... Basically, their level of competence is as low... Wait, what? you explain it. The less competent or intelligent they are, the more competent or intelligent they think they are. Yeah, they've got a lot more competence. Mm. And so Jacob, in this episode (laughs) with Caleb, mentions the Dunning-Kruger effect and then he says to Caleb, oh, do you know what that is? And Caleb said, yes, I do. And you went, do you want to tell us? And Caleb went, um, (laughs) no, I don't think I can at the minute. He just demonstrated the Dunning-Kruger effect. He had no idea what it was and you put him on the spot and he didn't know what to say and then you just let it slide. I was screaming, screaming in my room at the hospital when I heard it. I was like, oh, Caleb just did it. And I said to him later, why did you say you knew what it was? Like, you don't have to say you know what something is. And he said, and to be fair, he said, I had heard you, like, saying it around the house and talking to me about it. So when Jacob said it, I recognised the term immediately, Mm. but, like, didn't actually have any sense of what I was what I remembered yeah. it from or whatever. But, I mean, that's what he said later. I don't know if that's yeah. true. I figured he was trying to just play along nicely and sort of yes and when I asked him, do you know what this is? And then it was just a little bit tricky for him when I was then like, oh, explain so for us. our <laughs> Refresh everyone's memory, would you? <laughs> Imagine that you get proven to have Dunning-Kruger effect when someone asks you if you know what Dunning-Kruger effect is and you say yes and then they ask you to explain it and you can't. (laughs) That was Caleb. Oh, my God, I was dying. I was dying. I also loved listening back to that the couple of times that he referred to kids and what kids get up to these days. Oh, the kids kids (laughs) these days. Kids these days. He was 22 when we recorded that. (laughs) Yeah. He's since turned 23, but, yes, he was 22 when you recorded that. And he talks about the kids. Complaining about the kids, the youths. The youths. Oh, next here I've got explain how we do the phone box thing. (laughs) So, yeah, in the episode with Simon, you guys Mm. were wondering. So here's how we do it. It's actually very simple. I'm surprised you guys didn't, like, figure this out. But one day, Caleb just went out to the phone box and called my mobile from it and the number came up and I saved it and that's it. And so now when people walk past the phone box, we call it. 
just to mess with them and it's really funny. <laughs> Never would have guessed it's that simple. I just yeah. assumed it would come up as unknown number. No, I phone. think because there are so few phone boxes left now and all the calls are free now too. So mm. they are. we do have a couple of public housing towers near us so a lot of those people come to use the phone and I think people genuinely use it. It's their only form of communication. Mm. So they need to have the number be visible because they need like Centrelink or whatever to be able to call them back on that particular phone Mm. at a particular time. There have been times when Caleb and I have tried to help people, like someone have come, someone's come and they've waited for like five minutes and like, and then no call has happened. So they've left. And then like a minute after they've left, the phone has rang. So we go out and answer it and we're like, wait, we're going to go find them. And then we like run off and chase them down the street and say like, they've called because when Centrelink calls you and then they like, you miss it, you're really Mm. effed. They never call back. So yeah, we think that's why. So have you um, had any interesting conversations with any new friends you've made recently? Well, we, we don't really number? talk to them. We just, we call it when people are walking past and then just like, and then just <laughs> laugh when they answer and get really confused. Because like, it is a very weird thing to have a phone ring as you're walking past. Like mm. people always pick it up like, hello? <laughs> like they don't, like Caleb's always like, oh, I want to mess with them. I want to say something. I'm like, no, that's harassment. Like just call and then hang up just for lols. <laughs> it's funny, like some parents think their kids are going to get like cancer if they touch it. Like we'll, we'll call the phone when kids are walking past and their parents will be like, stay away from the phone. You're like, ah. <laughs> like their parents do not want them to answer the public pay phone. But um. Muhammad had a blast when he was here. Oh my god, we called like a oh, hundred. We called a hundred times. So funny, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I can imagine um, if you're one of those people stopping, picking up the phone, saying hello, and then it hangs up. You can hear this. <laughs> well, because like what we do away. is we. So if we really want to mess with people, we keep doing it. So they'll stop. They pick it up. No one says anything. They hang up and then we immediately call it back. So then they walk back, they pick it up and then they hang it up and then we immediately call it back. So they walk back and they like, we'll count. Like one person kept doing it six times. Six has been the limit that we've got to. We want to see if anyone will do it more than six times. <laughs> That's that the record so good far. a Samaritan or a very yeah. curious person. A very curious oh. person or a good Samaritan. Um, okay, next up, I've got deadliest animal on earth, Dr. Carl says. Do you want to guess the answer? Humans or hippopotamuses? No and no. Ooh. A bacteria? I think, this, a virus. I think this one is a bit of a cheat though because it's kind of, I would say, an insect. Oh, mosquitoes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, mosquitoes. Definitely Thanks, an insect. Thanks, Dr. Carl. Um, oh, okay, here's one. We're nearly at the end. Woman held in farts until wheelchair. <laughs> huh? A woman <gasps> held in farts until wheelchair. Uh, yeah. So she was a woman, on a date. Yeah, no, she was 20, she's 21 and she was on a three-day festival with her boyfriend. It was uh-huh. the first time they'd been together for that long and she was too embarrassed to fart in front of him and it led to such excruciating pain that she ended up in a wheelchair at the <gasps> hospital until she was able to pass gas. Oh, Wow. I don't understand girls who are embarrassed to fart in front of their boyfriends. 
I don't. But then there are some dickhead boyfriend. Remember that boyfriend I had who told mm-hmm. me that he didn't think it was ladylike, mm-hmm. and I couldn't fart in front. of We dated for two years, and mm-hmm. I couldn't fart in front of him. I used to wait till he fell asleep at night, and then under the blankets, reach down and spread my butt cheeks apart so it would come <laughs> out like this. <sighs> <laughs> So he couldn't hear anything because he told me that he thought it was unladylike. Mm. And one time when you accidentally did let one slip, I remember he got up, left the room and went and washed his own hands. Yeah, and went and washed his own hands. Like, I don't understand. Why the hands? I don't, I don't, he just felt so dirty that I had farted. Mm, he had all well, kinds that was, of issues. He had all kinds of issues, that boyfriend. But, um, yeah, that was... I, I can understand why there are some girls who feel like they can't fart in front of their boyfriends, but you do get to a certain age where you are like, get absolutely fucked. I literally am shitting while Kayla's brushing his teeth. We don't give a fuck. We're like, <laughs> right there, man. We're in this. We're nearly three years in. We're at that point. It's that all happening. We don't know whose toothbrush is whose. <laughs> um, okay. This guy tried to blame his identical twin for murder because they have identical DNA. Oh. Yeah, so he murdered someone and then he tried to pin it on his identical twin (gasps) because they can't tell the DNA apart. And I was like, oh, my God, which twin, Layla or Lael, would do that? Oh. I think Lael would do it to Layla. I think Lael's the alpha. Hang on, so you're saying the beta would do it to the alpha or the alpha would do it to the beta? I think the alpha would do it to the beta. Oh, no. Or do you think the beta would do it to the alpha? Yeah, revenge for all the ways she's been mistreated over the decades. I see the way the two of them interact. Mm. Yeah, she's going to reach a breaking point where she just can't take it anymore. But then, because of reasonable doubt, how could you ever convict one twin over the other if the only evidence is DNA evidence? Mm. You couldn't. Surely not. There is no way of ever knowing which is which. How did they figure this one out? I don't know, Jacob. I've just got this one sentence here (laughs) written in my phone. How many times do I have to tell you this? I don't have any more details. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe dig a little bit deeper on this one for us because I am curious. Okay, I will. Actually, that might end up being a whole episode. All I have written here is guy who trade tried to blame his twin for murder, Layla and Lael. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had written down. And then, okay, this is the last one. Mm-hmm. This is the one that I got last night. So my poor mother, such an idiot, but also this other woman <laughs> is crazy. So my mum and her partner, or like her her man friend, I should say, have been saved. They want to save to go on a holiday. And so they set up this account where every two weeks they were going to put $500 in this account. Mm -hmm. And my mum just put it into an account in her bank account called Lisa, which is my mum's name. Mm -hmm. So she just like was transferred this money to that account. And she realised after six weeks that she had actually been giving it to this woman called Lisa who she'd paid $7 to to buy a dog (gasps) coat off Facebook Marketplace. Oh, no. And so my mum called this woman, Lisa, and was like, hey, you've got all my money. And Lisa was like, sorry, I needed a new laptop for uni (gasps) and won't give it back to her. No. 
$1,500. Oh. And my mum kept saying, no, you've got to give it to me. Like I'm a pensioner and I don't have any money. And like what, like my mum is legit really poor. Yeah. And this woman, it, well, she's not, she's like, I don't know, I think she's probably our age. She seems early 30s because mm. I saw a picture of her on Facebook. And um, and she just said to my mum, like, sorry, I don't have it this week. Sorry, I don't know when I'm going to have it. And then my mum went to her Facebook page and she'd gone and bought a brand new, like, $800 sewing machine and was posting all these photos of all these no. new dresses she was making and matching, like, outfits for her dolls. Oh. She's, like, this weird person. So no. anyway... My mom was like, give me my money, please. Like, it's not your money. And then she just said, go away and blocked her. <gasps> and so now my mom doesn't know how to get her $1,500 back. Has she told the police? Well, I think that's the next step, isn't it? What else can you do? Tell she's the police out, or tell the bank. She's <laughs> off buying sewing machines and computers. Oh. And going to spotlight sales. That is a gross opportunistic piece of work right there. That's what I said to my mum. Like I said, it's one thing when you hear those stories when the bank like accidentally puts $50,000 in someone's account and they go crazy because mm. that's a big corporation. But if a person accidentally put money in my account, I would straight away call them and go, hey, you've made this mistake and give it mm. back to them. Like what kind of person, like how have you been raised? Like what kind of lack of morals do you have? Like, I think you kind of have to be a bit of a psychopath to mm -hmm. not care about that. Mm -hmm. To not care. Yeah. She'll get it back in the end, I'm sure, but I am just stunned. Ah, <gasps> I know. Someone who was so easily identifiable as well. Yeah. Like, oh, the, like I've seen, I'm refraining from doxing her because I would never do that, but I know mm. her full name. I've seen her photo. Her Facebook page is public. She's all right there. And she's posting about all these new things she's bought and all these spotlight sales she's going to, getting all this new material to make all her new dresses on her new sewing machine that she bought with my mum money. Uh, well, if you're listening to this and you've got a friend called Lisa who suddenly got some new frocks <laughs> she made for herself. She stole that money from just my mum. Nudge her to return the funds, please. It's so, I just, I can't get over the psychopathy of that. Like, mm. I just, it's not yours. It's, and it's, it's not a bank's and it's not a big company's. It's a little old pensioner's. Mm. Like, my mum's a 60-year-old pensioner. Just give her her money back. She was saving for a holiday to the sunny coast or something. Oh, some people have so much gall. Michelle Brazier, who's a fantastic Australian comedian, did an entire mm. show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival called Reform, which is all about the lengthy, drawn-out interaction she had with a guy that she transferred money to to buy a Reformer Pilates machine. Yeah. And it turned out that he'd accepted money from multiple people but obviously only had the one machine but then oh. kept all the people's money and just kept trying to sort of lead everyone else on into thinking that <gasps> they were either no. eventually going to get the machine or they were going to get the money and then when he reached the end of the line he did end up just going with this sob story of like oh no I've dug myself into this hole and I don't have the money could you maybe just forgive me <laughs> I Feel lived the high for life me. for a couple of months yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm screwed. I just, oh. it baffles me what people think they can get away with. Me too. How bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, so whew, that was a pretty epic 
breaking news. And that is a um, insight into how my brain and notes app works when I'm preparing <laughs> breaking news for you and how I sometimes how have to decide. and energy goes into it. <laughs> no, but it does because I don't usually not know anything. Like usually I go back to my phone and I look at these nonsensical sentences and I have to like work my way back and try and figure out what it was and then go and research it and then go and find all the information. And this week I was like, let's just go on a journey. There's yeah. too many of them for me to do that. So let's just go on a journey. Well, who won, me or Lindsay, in this little guessing game along the way? You both actually, you both picked up some pretty obscure ones. Lindsay it's a knew that Lindsay knew the sucking my cock, but you knew the <laughs> but you knew the Tyrannosaurus Stegosaurus thing. So I'm calling it a tie. Hooray. Hooray. Everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner. Well, it is so good to have you back. Yay. Everything it is good. Everything feels right in the world. It does. Back in balance. Mm. Out of the nut house, feeling fine. Just got pink eye, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm never I'm 100%. You, you're going to have to have sitting pillows and face pillows and keep them completely I know. separate. That's actually probably true. That's probably what it is because I do sit up in bed a lot. So if I'm farting on those pillows, and I've told you I'm not embarrassed to fart in front of Caleb, then I'm lying down in my fart particles. Yes, you are. Yes. Yeah, that's got to be what it is. Like yourself. Okay, right. and on that, <laughs> I bet our next sponsor's really proud and you'll hear from them now. No. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to them. Okay, everyone. all right, bye. Love you, bye. Listener.